Great to see you this morning. For those who don't know me, my name's Paul and I'm the pastor here and we're about to look at God's word together. Uh, we've been looking at the I am statements in John's gospel. So if you've ever wanted to look for them and uh, find them, we've been working through them. There's seven of them and we're up to our th- uh, third one today. We're going to be looking at together. And in it, we've uh, been uh, looking at and coming to see who Jesus is and digging deeper into him. So we're going to watch just a a little clip to start with that will uh, just uh, give us a sense of thinking about finding out and looking. Pretty impressive, isn't it? Uh, You look at all the bits and pieces that are there, but on the sides you don't know what's there, but when you come to the front and look at it, you actually see that's the face of that man. Uh, In one sense, that's what the Gospel of John is about. It's putting all these pieces together and all these stories about who Jesus is for us to come together and find out what the true picture is. And so that's what we've been doing over the last couple of weeks, and that's what's been happening throughout John, and that's what's been happening to the people that has been watching Jesus as well. Uh, we're sitting back here and we've got the whole of the story, don't we? But you can remember when Jesus was there, they were only getting the bits that came to them at times. And some of them saw one part or they might have heard one thing or they might have seen something over here, but they're trying to pull that picture together. They're trying to bring the parts, put it together and find out who this Jesus is. And as they do that, we're seeing that Jesus is saying, come and see. He's saying, come and look, come and find out who I am. And as you come and see, and as you come and hear, then you'll get to see who I am. And God willing, hopefully understand who I am. Uh, And the passage that we come to today is in John chapter 10. And as we heard from Heather, there was uh, the story of the gate. And we're going to be hearing about Jesus and the gate. But just before that story in chapter 9, it's a really important part of the pieces coming together. Because by chapter 10, there's been a few pieces together. And in chapter 9, we get this story of the blind man. And we get the story of Jesus who heals the blind man in chapter 9. He's been born blind. He's never seen before. Jesus comes to him. He heals him. And he sees. Now, there's a miracle in this, but there's also a sign in this. Because as he sees, he sees Jesus. And when he sees Jesus, he says, I'm going to worship you. Uh, He says, I don't know everything, but I know what I've seen. I know they've been healed and I believe. It's pretty amazing, wouldn't it, if you were born blind and you can see, you'd say, this guy is someone amazing. And so he says, I believe. But around him are a whole group of people called the Pharisees or the teachers of the law, the people of the Jewish uh, nation. And they pull this blind guy in and they pull him in and they have a go at him. Uh, they question whether he was born blind or not, so much that they pull in his parents uh, just to check. And even while they're doing that, they're trying to question that he was blind. Who healed him? How did he heal him? This Jesus guy, what's he on about? How did he do that? Now remember, the blind guy's response was, you are Lord and I want to worship you. Their response was, we know he's a sinner and we know he's not right. Jesus says, come and see. Some people see him as divine. He is God. Others see him as delusional. He's off the show. That picture in chapter 9, we need to keep that in the background because when we get to chapter 10, Jesus is speaking to the same people. 
Jesus has gone to the blind guy and encouraged him and helped him at the end of chapter 9. And then at the start of chapter 10, he's speaking directly to those teachers of the law, the Pharisees and the crowd that are around. And he's saying to them, come and see. Come and listen. Come and make up your mind. Am I divine or am I delusional? And that's going to come up, and she's going to read from chapter 10, verses 1 to 10 with us this morning. Uh, it's, in a, it's in a larger passage, so uh, the second half of it we're going to look at next week. This week we're going to look at the first 10 verses. Next week we're going to look at the second half of it as well. So thanks, Nat. Am I on? Yeah. Um, I notice it's a bit cut off up there, but it is in your bulletin if you want to follow along. Okay, starting from verse 1. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognise a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep, and all who have come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Uh, let's pray as we look at this passage together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks uh, that we can open up your word, that we can open up the Bible and look and see and hear, Lord, uh, the stories of Jesus and we can come and see who Jesus truly is. We pray this morning as we look at this passage together that, Lord, you'll open up our hearts and our minds to you, Lord. Uh, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so it's a great passage, isn't it? As I said before, there's two parts to this, and we're going to be looking at the first part uh, today. And we're going to be thinking about those first 10 verses. And we're going to see, uh, first of all, that Jesus is speaking to these Pharisees. Now, it's interesting because he talks about two main things here, two main themes. There's the gate, and then we're going to hear about the shepherd. And they really resonate strongly with the people that are there for a number of reasons. Uh, because one, first and foremost, that those people who were teaching the Old Testament, the Jewish leaders, they knew what Jesus was talking about when he was talking about a shepherd. One, because they knew that shepherds were everywhere. So for you and I, we don't often see shepherds, do we? That often, though we are in Australia and uh, we have shepherds out there that are struggling at the moment. Uh, but we don't see shepherds, but they used to see shepherds all the time. That was common. So Jesus uses uh, a parable to teach something that's common. But secondly, is that in the Old Testament, throughout the Old Testament, the leaders of God's people, the ones that were to teach, were called shepherds of God's people. They were known as the shepherds. So if you look at Ezekiel 34 or if you look at Isaiah 56 or some of those passages, you'll see that God, when he speaks to Israel, when he calls them out, he says, the shepherds who are supposed to be teaching and leading the sheep have led them astray. And so Jesus is deliberately bringing this parable today 
Because they, one, they see them, but two, they know that this has a secondary meaning towards them. And so he's talking to them about the sheep and the gate, and the first five verses, six verses there are a bit of a parable. It's, uh, there's a whole lot of things going on here. And Jesus doesn't specifically explain them to start with. Uh, in one sense, he's saying, who do you think I am? Have a listen. Who do you think I am in this part? Who do you think I am in this parable? And there's a number of things he could be in this parable, but he doesn't actually specifically say that at the start because there's the sheep, there's the sheep pen, there's a shepherd, there's the gate, uh, there's the sheep that know my name. There's all these different things going on in this first one. Uh, to give a bit of an idea, to paint the picture, for them to start thinking about how does Jesus fit in this. Uh, the picture that you can see there was what you would say would be a common looking pen, sheep pen, back in Jesus' day. This was a sheep pen that they would have when they're out in the field. Uh, this is a sheep pen that they would build out there. And often what would happen is at night, the shepherds would bring their sheep back, they'd place them inside there, and then more often than not, the shepherd would become the gatekeeper. He would sit in that gate to protect. But then there's also a second one that they had in Jesus' time was too. Not when they were out in the field, but when they came back to the city or the town, there'd be larger sheep pens. And in those larger sheep pens, people would bring their flock in. They'd place them in there with a whole lot of other flocks. The shepherd would go home to have some rest and then they'd employ a gatekeeper to sit out in the front and guard the sheep. Now we need to keep both those in mind because both of them apply into this passage. Uh, especially when we get into the second half about the shepherd. Uh, but see how there's two different ways going on here, two different things that they would commonly recognise and they would see. And there's some great pictures in there, isn't there? Uh, the difference too between us and back then was in Australia, what do shepherds do? They drive the sheep, don't they? They get behind and they drive them. They send them forward. Back in Jesus' day, the shepherd was in front of the sheep and he led them. It's good to keep in mind too, isn't it? And not only that, but they also only had a few sheep. We have like flocks of hundreds and thousands, don't we? Uh, huge big flocks. Back then they just had a number of them and they would know them by name. So when Jesus says in that passage, what the parable there, that the shepherd comes and he calls them out, he says, I know them by name. He says, fluffy, big ears, spot, come to me. And they'd make their way out and they'd listen to him. Uh, we've got uh, a couple of dogs called, uh, I've got to remember what their names are now, that's how much I love them, uh, Millie and Daisy. Uh, they're Maltese Shih Tzus. Yeah, I know, who would have one of them? But anyway, um, I didn't make that decision. That was my kids' decision. I know we've got two, Les. There's two of them. Uh, but anyway, uh, Millie uh, has been the mother of a number of pups. And a couple of people in this congregation own a number of those pups. There's Odie and Snowy. Snowy had his birthday yesterday, I believe. Yeah, that's right, Elizabeth. It's like Snowy, isn't it? Now, the funny thing is... Those dogs have been out of our household now for probably five to six years. But as soon as I walk to their house, they would normally bark. As soon as I speak, 
they stop. And they go crazy. You see, they remember my voice. They know my voice and they respond directly to my voice. For Jesus' time, that's what it was like. They had white sheep rather than white silly dogs and they knew their name and they would respond straight away. They even did tests. They would dress the shepherds up in completely different gear so that they were completely unrecognisable facial features. But as soon as they spoke, they would come forward. They would know straight away. See, like Elizabeth, she knows to come forward straight away. But it's amazing, isn't it? That's how well the shepherd knew the sheep. Knows them by name and they know his voice and they would come forward. You see, you're known by name. Jesus knows you intimately. He knows your name and he calls to you, come and see. The question is, do we recognise his voice? But how good is it that he knows you by name? Well, Jesus sets up that first parable. He says, what do you see? And then he says, come and see. He says, what do you see here in this parable? And then in the next few verses, he says, come and see, and I'm going to explain it for you. And he goes and he explains it and he works it out and he wants us to see, is this Jesus divine or is he delusional? Divine, is he God or is he completely off his tree? So he says, come and see. Look at those for the next couple of verses, verse 7 and 8. Uh, Therefore Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who've come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. Uh, Whenever you see the thing verily, verily, or I say I truly, truly, Jesus is saying to you, look here. Listen carefully. I flicked across the TV channels the other night when... uh, I was at home and I came across one of the very, very, very first episodes of Kath and Kim. And there it was, listen to me, listen to me. That's what he's saying. Jesus is saying here in a lot better voice and not as annoyingly. But it's like that with our kids, isn't it? When we want our kids to listen, we say, come here, look at me, look look at me here, look here. Uh, Jesus Jesus says, Karina, almost the same. No, Karina says to me, Sometimes when I'm at home, she says, if, I don't, if you don't see my eyes and if you don't see me looking at me, at you, I don't hear you. I've taken 30 years to work that out. I've got to get her eyesight. Uh, but that's what it's like, is it? That's what Jesus is saying. He says, look here. Look. See. This is important. What I'm about to say to you, I want you to hear and to see and to understand. And he says to us, as he says, I am the gate. Or I am the door. Some passages use as well. It's a strong statement. It's a bold statement. What Jesus is saying is, there are no other doors. No other doors. 
except me. He's going to explain what that looks like in a minute as well, what that actually is the positive of that. But at this point in time, he's saying, there are no other doors but me. Every other door is like a thief or a robber trying to confuse you. We have lots of doors in life, don't we? Multiple gates, multiple doors that we could go through. There are lots of different options out there these days. There are so many options for people to say, this is how you'll find what life's about. This is where you'll find satisfaction. This is where you'll be able to get the idea of what it's all about. This, this, this. And there's all these doors out there that we could walk through and go through, but Jesus says, no, there's only one door. That's me. Uh, in our Western society, it doesn't tend to be a whole lot about spiritual sometimes, does it? Though we do live in the Northern Rivers, and in the Northern Rivers, there are multiple doors opened out there, aren't they? Uh, people talk about spirituality in lots of different ways. Uh, but often in Western culture, it's more to do with wealth or power or family or spouse or to have the best looking body or the greatest building or all these other things where you're going to find satisfaction. But there is still that temptation too, isn't there, to go through another door. But Jesus says every other door is a thief and a robber. They're out to kill and destroy. All that have come before me and all that will come after me, Jesus is saying, are thieves and robbers. Now just imagine if you're a Pharisee there, a Jewish teacher of the law, and Jesus has made this bold statement. One, he's made the bold statement there's only one way, one door, one gate, that's me. And then secondly says, anyone else that's telling you anything else are thieves and robbers. That's a big call, isn't it? No wonder they don't like him. If they don't see who he is, then they're going to hate him. And Jesus says to us, there's one gate, one door, the only one to go through. Uh, I didn't realise it, but I found out the other day that there are uh, people from the Mormon church or the Mormon faith who have started door knocking Evans' head. I've never seen that before in Evans. I've seen lots of JWs, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, door knock around Evans' head, but I've never seen that before. And it was really interesting. The people that I was talking to had the conversation with them said that they would almost agree on everything. They would talk about Jesus, they'd even mention Jesus, they'd even say that he was like God or he was a God like... It was so much and even there were lots of bits and pieces and these people were saying, well, well, maybe we're similar here, maybe... But then after they went and checked out, after the people left, because they're really lovely people, they're really nice people, they're sincere people, they're lovely people, they're well-dressed, they'd been to New Zealand where these friends of mine had been and they were able to talk and all these lovely things and they were almost sounded like they were almost there. But when my friends went and actually checked out later, they found out that actually, no, 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 Jesus is like a God and we can become like a God and that actually if you go further enough in Mormonism you actually find out that we can all become gods and we'll all get our own planet and we'll all have our own space and we'll all have our own place down the track. If you get a JW come to your door these days they'll say we're Christian. That is a change but it's still wrong. 
They still don't believe Jesus is the only door. He's a door to show us how to live and how to go the right way, but he's not the door. Jesus says, I am the gate, no one else, only me. There's only one door that matters and his name is Jesus. And he wants us to enter in. He wants us to go through that door. Because remember, if he's the gatekeeper in this picture or he's the gate in this picture or he's the shepherd in this picture, all of those ones, to get into the pen, to be in his flock, there's only one way to go and it's him. Now we're going to find out how he makes that possible next week in when we hear the shepherd analogy. But here, and first and foremost, Jesus is saying, I am the gate. No one else. Enter through me. The question we've got to ask ourselves, have we entered? Are we still skirting the outsides and looking? Well, Jesus says, come and look. Come and look. Come and check me out. Come and see who I am. Spend some time looking at me. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that sign around the place, lock the gate on the northern rivers. It's everywhere. It used to be these little signs all over the place. Lock the gate. Don't let anyone in to come and take our gas fields and do all those sorts of things. Uh, it was a really well done uh, campaign, I reckon, because they were everywhere, weren't they? It was really well done. Uh, now, whatever you think of that, I thought that was great. There was a great way that they did it. They did it really well. I reckon maybe we should have this one. One gate, welcome. That's what Jesus is saying, isn't he? He's saying, don't lock the gate. I'm not keeping you out here. I'm inviting you in. Come in. Come to me. Because when you come into me, when you enter through me, then you'll come into my flock and you'll go in and you'll go out to pasture and you'll have life to the full. Because that's what Jesus is saying in these last few verses. Is he says, come and receive. The first one in the parable, he says, what do you see? Second part in verses 7 and 8, he says, come and see. In last, these verses 8 and 9, 9 and 10, he's saying, come and receive. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. No doubt, absolutely, completely. You'll be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That is a grand statement, isn't it? That is a wonderful statement. Come to me and you'll have life to the full. You'll have life as it was meant to be. Now don't get me wrong, he's not saying come to me and you'll be healthy, wealthy and wise. He doesn't say that. He says you have life to the full and life to the full is him. He's in relationship with him. But first of all, he says, whoever enters into me will be saved. You will be in God's family, in his flock forever. Amen. How cool is that? Now in the next couple of verses, we find out that Jesus does that by laying down his life for us 
by going and taking a sin on the cross for us, by rising again and providing life for us. But here and now he's telling us that we just need to enter into him and you will be in my flock, safe and secure, held by me now and for eternity. You will have life now because you have life in me now. You'll have life forever because you have life with me forever. thief comes to steal and destroy all others will want to actually destroy you Jesus actually wants you to have life everything else will lead you to death Jesus leads you to life and life to the full now when we talk about a full life as I said before it's not just about the fact that you can uh, have everything your own way, everything according to what you wanted, everything the way that you dreamed it, everything the way you think healthy, wealthy and prosperous. That's not, that's not the life that Jesus is talking about. He's talking about the life that comes from knowing him. It's him that is the life. In him is where life is to the full. It's as we live living under him as he's as our king, as we live life knowing that he leads us and guides us and takes us, that he's the light, that he's the life, that he's the bread, the one that satisfies, the one that sustains, the one that keeps us even in those dark and desperate hours. He's the one that holds us in that and leads us through that into his presence forever. That's what life to the full is. That's what Jesus is talking about here. And that's what he offers to you, to me. That is such good news, isn't it? Such good news. Is it yours? Have you taken it? Have you entered into that? Can I encourage you to do that? Step into Jesus. Go through that gate, enter into his life with him and through him forever. You see, life with Jesus, life in Jesus, life from Jesus is what he offers to you to receive from him now. All we need to do is enter into that with him. Put our trust in him. Hand our life over to him. And that's what he provides for us. wonderful news Jesus says come and see come and receive come to me and receive life I reckon there's two things that we should think about that isn't there one is have we taken that yet and the other is if we have are we excited about that if we have, are we living that? If we have, are we inviting others to enter into that? Because if Jesus is the only door and there's all these other doors out there and we know that, then how come we're not sharing that with anyone else? Are we keeping the door hidden behind curtains somewhere? Are we just putting it to the side and hiding it in the back somewhere? We're saying, well, maybe one day I might get an opportunity to let people know about that door. Don't let it be too late, is it? I know sometimes we think, oh, 
will it be, what am I going to do with this? How do I do this? Well, we've talked lots about how we do that, haven't we? It's not that we want to bash people with it. It's not that we just want to smash people with it. We want to live it and show it and enable them to come and ask about it so we can share it with them. Now, I know we're living it. Well, we're trying to, aren't we? Lots of us are trying to live it out there. But how many of us are actually showing people the door? in a nice way. Not to leave, but to enter. In a couple of weeks' time, we're going to be listening to a talk at that Gospel Community Encouragement Night. We're going to be encouraging each other in that even more because, you know, if there is only one gate, only one door, and people miss it because they haven't heard about it, that is a tragedy. So can I encourage you, not out of guilt, not out of because this is bad, but because this is life. This is the ultimate life. We're not saying, hey guys, here a door and oh man, this is really bad, but look, I'm going to show you this door, but it's, it's terrible. Uh, here's a door, but you know, it's not going to be really good for you. No, no, here's the door that's life. Come to this door. It's the greatest door ever. That's what we want you to see. I think sometimes we get convinced and gets into our heads that somehow we think if we introduce people to the door of Jesus that it's going to be worse for them or maybe worse for us. I've spoken to people at different times about Jesus and uh, Christianity and sometimes they often say, well, well, what do I have to give up? What do I have to give up for this? What, what are the things that, you know, somehow I'm not going to be able to have a fulfilled life because I'm going to have to give up having sex with other people. I'm going to have to give up getting drunk. I'm going to have to give up doing all these other things. I'm going to have to give up having rage and just destroying people. I have to give up using people. I have to give up, oh, hold on. Oh, there's some other, oh. But I think sometimes we think it ends up that, like that as well, that somehow coming to Jesus is going to be a worse life. Has that been reality for you? I pray not. Because Jesus says life to the full is in him. Life as it should be lived is in him. Life eternal is in him. Life to the best, to the greatest, to the fullest is in him. Not the worst, the best. So let's not hide the door, guys. Let's not keep the door behind curtains. Let's bring the door out. Explain to people who Jesus is in multiple, in different ways, in all sorts of ways. Do it in every way possible you can think of. It's not just one way to show the door. The door's the one way, Jesus is the one. But how you do that, there's multiple ways of doing that. But let's open up the curtains and show people the door. Now, I don't know whether you remember, but uh, earlier this year we uh, produced these. Some little cards. Uh, Jesus and you. On the back are three little websites. Uh, each one will lead people further to know Jesus. They'll show Jesus as the door. The first one will give them a taste. The second one will explain uh, it fuller. And the third one will take them to Mark and help them read Mark along with it. Have you taken one? Have you given one out? Take one today. Hold them in your pocket. I have them in my wallet. I have them in my car. I have them in any place I could possibly think of that if there's one chance I get to talk to someone, I can hand it out. I even had them on the train in Sydney, but no one talked to me. 
Well, too busy in their phones. But if there's a chance, you get an opportunity. If you don't feel that you can speak it directly yourself, then give them this. Because there's nothing better than Jesus. He says, come and see. Come and receive. I am the bread of life that satisfies the cravings of your heart and your soul. I'm the light to the world. I'm the one that shows you how life should be lived and how it should go. I'm the gate. I'm the door. And I have come so that you can have life and have it to the full. Let's pray that that's us, that we trust it, that we believe it, and that we share it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks, Lord, for your word and just how true it is uh, that in Jesus is everything, Lord. In Jesus we have life eternal. In Jesus we have uh, have entered into your family. We've entered into your sheepfold. We are in your protection and in in your uh, guidance and direction, Lord. And in you we have life to the full. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for that. Lord, may that by your Spirit penetrate into our hearts and our souls and our lives and that, Lord, we will never be the same because of that. We pray that you'll transform and change us daily because of that wonderful news. And, Lord, may we truly experience life in you, life to the full. And Lord, may we share that with everyone that you bring across our paths. In Jesus' name, amen.